0: Previously on No Reserves Radius. Oh my God, Angelo! Come on, have, have some self-respect. The Eagles can't hurt you if you don't if you don't constantly pander to them. Here's how. Here's the biggest indictment of, of Dame that I can say. Dame has been so like off this year that Ren went on live air and said Jalen Brunson deserved an All Star start over him.
1: You are now Angelo DiDiLulo. <laughs> Do you think it is possible? <laughs> That the management of the Memphis Grizzlies are just buying in to the reckless youth movement, and they got rid of the one person in the locker room that probably was telling John to knock it off. Um, because he's taken advantage of me multiple times when I was younger. That sounded bad. Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah,
0: I think I think that's true. I think you're correct in that assessment.
1: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to No Reserves Radio. I'm your host, Ren. With me, as always, Angelo. Um, No Austin this week, not for any reason other than the Flower and Garden Uh, Festival.
0: uh, We're the reason. We're the reason. We're Mm. the problem. It's us.
1: We're the problem. No, the Flower and Garden Festival started at Epcot, and I'm guessing that's where they are.
0: No, um, no, that's not exactly how that works. See, we are uh-huh. recording, full disclosure, we are just cl- recording on a Saturday. Very late, very late. <laughs> yeah, yep, very, it, it very late. tomorrow. very, very late. You so will Thursday, in Thursday, hours. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I, no, I am, I am completing the story. Thursday rolled around and me and you were in an Xbox party for like five hours and Austin mm-hmm. joined and we did things. And then Austin at one point, like, before we were going to bed, was like, hey, weren't we supposed to record today or something?
1: Yeah. that That's actually factual. We were having a good old time, Angelo. It was, uh-huh.
2: like,
1: I think that was actually the worst we've played in a long time in any game. Um... 3 for 14. 3 for 14. That, that was my shooting splits in the last game. Um, which is fine, like,
0: if I'm not mistaken, that's the last game we've played too.
1: That is the last game we played, but that's because no one's been on. Like you and I have been the only ones on. Three for fourteen. I I have multiple instances of you doing around that as well, my guy. So three for
0: fourteen. Eh,
1: it happens. Um like Tyrese Halliburton yesterday went over seven. It happens. You sometimes have bad shooting yeah. games. Was...
0: And if he would have taken double the shots, he might have gone three for fourteen so i'm just curious i was actually watching some tyrese Halliburton interviews yeah. and who was he talking to i think it was jj Redick. he was talking to mm-hmm. and he was talking about players getting acclimated to the way he likes to do things and just the general flow of the offense and and you might actually like this because you were also a pass first point guard and you have plenty of experience with being that. So his pet peeve and, you're, and there's going to be a smile on your face when you hear this. His pet peeve is when someone gets a rebound and doesn't pass it to him and waves him off.
3: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It it's
1: So like if you know and even if you're someone that's humble like Tyrese, right? If if you know you are the best playmaker on your team and someone else waves you off, like they might be a better scorer. They might be better at creating their own shot, right? But in term in terms of the health of the offense, like there's no one that are is on that Pacers team that should be initiating the offense if it's not Tyrese, if Tyrese is on the floor. Um and yeah, that that's
3: uh It's very irritating. I am 100% in agreement with Tyrese there.
0: So the story, uh, you'll love this because once again, you're a Pacers fan. The story that this eventually led to is like when Bruce Brown first got on the team, he had to teach him to give him the ball. So recently they, well, not recently now, but they made a trade for Pascal Siakam. And the first game, Believe it wasn't against the Raptors. Who was the, the Trailblazers? The first game against the Trailblazers, after the first rebound, Pascal got he passed it right to Tyrese, and Tyrese just had the br- biggest grin and smile and expression on his face, and says, "Oh, this is gonna work."
3: Yeah, that's one of the most. If you're a play initiator, like it's
1: really frustrating to see a play developing and your big just either starts dribbling at themselves or chucks it down the court, and then it ends up with either a worse shot attempt. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It ends
1: in either a worse shot attempt than what you saw or worse transition. or Like, God forbid you have a lead, and you're trying to close out a quarter, and your team is pushing the pace as you're, like, trying to slow it down because you know that, like, the other teams have been on a run and yeah, you've got a fifteen point lead, but you had a twenty five point lead two minutes ago. And like there's no sense of protecting the ball and being someone that controls an offense, like it is very frustrating when someone else tries to
3: do that and you can see it not working. Um So I, I, while you were talking, I was I was doing some googling. Uh, Stephen mm-hmm. Curry
1: against the Minnesota mm-hmm. Timberwolves, seven mm-hmm. for twenty-five from the field, four for fourteen from three.
3: Yeah, Steph Curry Steph- uh, versus the Boston Celtics, six for twenty-two from the field, three
1: for eleven from
0: three. Ooh, I need to look this up. But recently, Colin Cowherd did a segment where he ranked all the duos. Just the duos. Just the duos, and I believe he had LeBron and AD at second. I'm not going to go through all his logic. Um, Number one... God, what was number one? Why am I drawing a blank? It wasn't KD and Booker.
1: Sorry, the last one, just real quick. Uh, Steph Curry versus the Cavaliers in 2015. Um, five for twenty-three from the field, two for fifteen from three. Like, like bad shooting games happen. Shoot
3: or shoot, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You get out of it. Mm-hmm. Especially, especially. If, uh... um, are you Are you pulling hey. up that list? Oh yeah, I can. Oh, you haven't. Well, I I haven't or, yet. No.
1: Oh, so since we're talking about Tyrese. So one abysmal performance last night it it's a sophomore slump type situation all star appearance like he he's kind of sucked since the all star break but in the n b a and i'm I'm guilty of this too, okay Have you felt like because Tyrese halliburton is not a good defender? Tyrese halliburton will tell you he's not a good defender um he he's about average but why is it that we give Tyrese a pass as an NBA fandom? Not as Pacer fans, because Pacer fans kind of ignore it too. Um, but as an NBA fandom, why isn't Tyrese given the same kind of vitriol that like Trey, James Harden, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry get when it comes to the defensive side of the ball? Do you
3: think it's just because he's still in those young developmental years, but I mean, Trey's not that much older. Wait, why is Tyrese Halliburton given? Like, why do we
1: give Tyrese as a fandom, in the entirety of the NBA? Mm -hmm. it, It seems like Tyrese isn't catching as much flack for his inability or lack of ability to play defense. When Mm -hmm. compared to players that play a similar caliber of defense, like why is it that we're?
0: Oh, I have a really simple answer for this. I actually have a very, very simple answer for this. So, I don't think at like you can this can be wrong on an individual level. I'm just saying, as a fan base, as a viewer as a whole, when you look at a guy. And you say, oh, and it's like when you look at him and you say it's obvious. Oh, he can't play defense. Trey Young is five ten and very skinny. Okay. Tyrese Halliburton is six six. So while he, if the even if the metrics say Tyrese Halliburton and Trey Young play the same caliber of defense, Tyrese Halliburton looks like he's capable of a higher caliber of defense. So we associate that with him.
1: That's fair, but I mean, I guess, like, if you look at James Harden, like, if you were just to show someone, like, pictures of NBA stars and say which one's the best defender, and it's someone that doesn't follow basketball, they might actually say James Harden is a good defender, just, like, looking at him.
0: Correct, and 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 to be honest, the no defense thing was more of the Houston, like, and it was very glaring examples. It's more of the Houston thing, because James Harden's defense did get better, Post Houston days, slightly, <laughs> slightly, slightly, and
1: I, I think Tyrese is actually slightly, at least, taller than James Harden, if I remember correctly, because I think James Harden's uh, five.
0: Yeah, it's only an inch. Quite honestly, the difference between six five and six six isn't huge as compared to the difference between. I wonder like, what the I wonder
1: what the difference five. in their wingspans
3: is. Pretty sure.
0: Tyrese is probably lankier. So
3: ahead, James Harden is six eleven. I royally
1: screwed up that typing. Holy mother of yeah. god! I'm embarrassed by that one. I have the duos, uh,
0: to whenever we want. To actually,
1: spend. Tyrese's wingspan is six seven. So James Harden has wider wide reach surprising. on him. Surprising, it. surprising. Um, but James Harden's also like. Stockier, like there's a lot more muscle there, so like he looks like if you if you ever look at like bodybuilders, like even if they're big, like Arnold is like six three, but he looks like five two because he's just so sure. thick. And I guess maybe that's something. That. Um, go ahead with the duos
0: Okay, uh these were apparently in very specific order, so this is not like uncertain terms. These are the t- no, this is how he viewed them, and he put and this them- is- this is Colin. This is Colin Coward. Yes. Okay. Tell me. Stop me when you disagree, or if you want to talk about the duo. Are, itself. are you are you starting Coward. one up or are you coming down? Uh, which one would you prefer?
1: If I'm going to disagree, I would go one up.
0: You mean okay? So one, two, three, four, five. Okay. Yeah. So so start from his number one. Nikola um, Jokic and Jamal Murray. It is this current. This is current. He literally released this yesterday. Okay, and this is only
1: current players. How they're playing right now? Yes, I don't have a problem with that one because I think that well, Yoka. I don't know about Yoka... how
0: they're playing right now. He like one of his logic for LeBron and AD was AD is a t- playing top ten defense. LeBron can contribute on the offense, and there's a championship between them. So,
1: so I don't have a problem because I do think that there's very few point guards I put above Jamal Murray. That's right. Mean, there's a list, but there's very few people. There is no one oh. I put above above Nikola Jokic in the NBA right now.
0: So let's talk let's honestly talk about, even though we haven't gotten to LeBron AD, let's talk about that dynamic of having an elite offensive player and an elite defensive player as a duo. Is either Jokic or Murray and like I'm saying Jokic's bad at defense, but he's not an elite defensive player. Yeah. Would that make it easier to like game? If you don't have um, someone elite at defense.
1: No, because you can play an elite team defense. Like, you can have a bunch of role players that... And I'm using the term role player loosely. Um, yeah. Because there are like players... Aaron that, yeah, Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon is a complete system player. He has bought into the defensive system of the Denver Nuggets. Um, So I don't think you necessarily need elite players in either facet. I think you can win by just being really, really good. And that's what we saw with the Denver Nuggets. Um, the dynamic, I, it, it's beneficial. Like, if you look at the Miami Heat, having the Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, the um, Minnesota Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns, and Anthony Edwards with Rudy Gobert, like, it. you can't overstate how valuable it is. Is it necessary, though? Mm. it's debatable because again the nuggets just won the nba championship and they did it by just having a bunch of players buy into the system so i I think buy-in is more important than talent to a degree now when you have a player that's of the caliber of nikola Jokic and the freaking explosion that was jamal murray in the playoffs um
0: has Jamal There's
1: Murray. nothing you can do to game plan for that. There is nothing. Is Jamal?
0: Is Jamal Murray slowly becoming like Jimmy? Like he uh, has quiet like, in the like, regular like, season,
1: just to like good, stupidly locked in. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I, I don't think I'm it's the same at level. This I don't think Jamal like Jamal hit those numbers. In a game by game basis, but he still wasn't averaging. So it wasn't like he was doing the Jimmy performance of averaging yeah. like what was it, 20, he's literally 10?
0: averaging. He averaged twenty points a game last year. He's averaging averaging twenty point five this yeah. year so far. If, so he, if...
1: he's he's a player that he definitely will dial it up for the playoffs. But I think most players will as you, especially as you get deeper. Um,
3: I,
0: I, dial it up, yes. But to be honest. There aren't very many players who can dial it up to his level, and not only that, there are a lot of players who either maintain or play worse in the playoffs than they do in the regular season because of lesser calls, because of harder defense. So, yeah,
3: just a grit and grind era.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
3: no, I completely agree. All right, ready for number two? Yeah, without seeing the list, I feel like that.
1: Hands down, is easy for me to put at number one. I completely agree with that.
0: Okay, number two is LeBron James and Anthony Davis.
1: Oh, boy. Okay, so that's going to be tough without seeing the rest of the list just off the top of my head. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with it, and the only issue I have is health and age. Um, but the other night, Lakers Clippers side note, but time, timeout, out timeout, 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 timeout. We're sure. taking a break. Okay. Did you see the Clippers rebrand?
0: No, I did not see the Clippers rebrand.
1: Okay. I, I, we're going to do a live live. So Google Clippers rebrand. I don't know why I didn't put this in the freaking chat. Uh, new color scheme, new logo, like complete. Like I
3: love everything about it. And for those of you at home, um, you can go. Is it on images? What the hell so, is that? What?
0: Why does it look like a fucking steering wheel, like a ship steering wheel?
1: Okay, so th- I don't think that's actually. If you're looking at the first result, that's not
3: the actual rebrand. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hold on, let me. <sighs> Type in Clippers new logo try that one.
0: Clippers. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Okay. So that's the new logo. The first result. I oh. like it.
3: Oh. oh, okay.
1: Yeah. 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 Okay. So,
3: okay. Okay. and then okay. if you okay.
1: look in the image results, you'll see the picture a little down in the middle of James Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard in the new jerseys. Mm-hmm. Um, the court's changing too. Like, I love this. This might be my so, new favorite logo in the league.
0: Here's my hot take.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Okay, because obviously the Clippers and the Lakers share a stadium. Correct. But this also happens in football. I don't know if you know this, but the New York Giants and the New York Jets also share a stadium.
1: Yeah, I actually had a conversation with someone at work about that last week.
0: I uh, hate that. I do not think there should be a shared stadium for two teams. So,
1: yeah, so... I don't, I don't like, okay, so the geographic distances, I feel like in the NBA, and I it maybe in the NFL, beyond just teams sharing the same arenas, there are teams that are way too close, so it was either last night or the night before, it had to be the night before, no it was last, I don't know, the Clippers played the um, Kings, Right? Sacramento. The Clippers right. played Sacramento. Yep. And they lost. And at the end of the game, the crowd at home, the Clippers were the home team, were chanting light the beam. Now, if oh my you, God. if you're not if you're not a fan of the Kings, you might not get what that means. So when the Kings win on the outside of their arena, there's a light and Whenever they win, that gets turned on, right? It's a giant purple beam that shoots up into the sky, and like celebrities will do There's... it or the
3: mascot, whatever. So, for the Clippers home court to be chanting like the beam, it, it's
0: yeah, no, I hate it.
3: I, I'd I rather see,
0: them. I'd rather see like Eagles, Cowboys, or Yankees, Red Sox than see like two teams cooperating because they're in that close vicinity to each other.
1: Now you get into an issue where there's a little brother syndrome. So in the NHL, we had the New York Rangers and the New York Islanders, right? Right. Right. Oh, the Rangers played in market square garden, arguably one of the greatest sports venues in the world. The Islanders played a little further away at Nassau Coliseum and it was considered one of the worst sporting events in the world. I don't want that to happen to the Clippers, but I do understand, like, because as far as I'm aware, they have a new arena
3: being built, if I remember, yeah, 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 so the Clippers are actually getting their own stadium, um, which I don't. I have a map of the L.A. Metro, but I don't remember where Crypto is.
1: Uh, But regardless, them having their own arena, do you think it will help that sort of home
0: crowd thing? No, because they still they still play in the same arena, right? No, no. The Lakers are going to stay at Crypto.
1: The okay. Clippers have their own arena being built, the Intuit Dome.
3: Oh, okay. But still in LA.
0: So no. So okay, so oh God, it's right down
3: the
1: road from Crypto.
0: <laughs> so okay, that's that's another <laughs> thing I was about to say. So here's the thing. So so from a visual perspective, is it good? Sure. It gives a, the Clippers some place to call their home. I don't know if you have heard stories, but like when the Lakers players come into the building while the Clippers players are there, it's visibly they get treated visibly different.
1: Oh, no, 100. It's a home game for the Lakers, even if it's technically yeah. a home game for the Clippers for sure. That's right.
0: So, but you that's have to add. bad, like, but, okay? That's bad. To, to be fair, the
1: Lakers have like a hundred years of history and a lot of championships, so, it, so- it's. Like, the Clippers desperately need a franchise, or a victory. Like, they need... Go ahead, sorry. I'm just on a tangent.
0: So, I understand, like, the need to separate from that. And getting your own stadium, your own new facilities is great. But the fans are already integrated. So, it's not really going to change, A, how the people in L.A. view you, and B the fans' reaction to you. I still think... Right. I still think there's going to be a lot of that same feeling that there is currently.
1: So I think one of the things that's important to know is the the growth of the Clippers as a fandom. Um, Over the last decade, they say that the number of fans of the Clippers has doubled. It wasn't a lot prior to, but I, I think that when you have the, I don't want to call them the Showtime Clippers, but we went from the Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan era, and now we're in the James Harden, um, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Like, It's definitely
3: helping to kind of win some of those fans over. Um, Do you think
1: it's possible to maintain that growth because they are growing as a fan base, right? There are people that live in LA that just are not fans of the Lakers for whatever reason, or they're coming in from other cities and they want a team, but they don't want to root for the Lakers. If the Clippers, who are one of the best teams in basketball this season, if the Clippers win a championship with this roster, and I think that it's, vitally important for them to do so. Do you think they'll have more of their own identity with one championship? Yes. Okay. I agree. I just want to make because, sure
0: <laughs> because as I've said multiple times, winning cures all ills. That's that's reality. You can disagree with it. You can say winning isn't as or championships aren't as important in a player's like legacy, but winning overall does cure all ills whether you are a player or whether you are an organization if trey young won an nba championship this year he would not get nearly as much hate as he does i
1: i don't know i think people that's fact that's
0: complete fact to me i think
1: he would get less but people just don't like trey
0: yeah yeah no i i'm not saying for me i'm just saying (laughs) the
1: No, I'm I'm saying like people in general just don't like Trey. Like there's something about him that people don't like. I think it's because like he looks kind of like an old man, but also a baby at the same time, and he's so cocky. Yeah, I I think there's just something about him that people don't like, and I can't put a finger on it. But, um, so the new arena is going to be in Inglewood, and it has a capacity of eighteen thousand. It's being owned by Murphy's Bowl LLC.
3: Um, oh, that's that's will, actually kind of uh,
0: interesting, because...
3: <laughs> the so, arena will host the
1: 2026 NBA All-Star Game. Oh, um, yeah, that's good. It will... The first concert... Or the first event... Sorry, the first event in the arena will be Usher's Past-Present-Future Tour, which is September 21st through 25th, 2024. Um, I don't think there's any plans it, I'm as far as I'm aware the only team that will be playing there is the Clippers so as of now they're not sharing it with like a hockey team or an indoor
3: soccer team or anything like that um, um, yeah doesn't look like it
0: Oh, it'll have eleven hundred toilets and urinals. Three times the league average. Fact that you that that you looked up what the league no, average No, it's was... on the
1: Wikipedia page, but that's actually a big it's deal. On Wikipedia. That's actually a big deal. That's, that's... Three times the... So Angela, when was the last basketball game you went to? I don't know. A long time ago, right?
0: <laughs> You're not gonna like this.
1: You've never been.
0: I've never been.
1: You've never been. I mean, you live far away, so it's fine. No, I
0: don't. Um, I live an hour from the stadium.
1: <laughs> ah, what are you doing? Um, so, <laughs> NBA games are, or NBA stadiums are notorious for having long waits to get into the restroom. Mm-hmm. And, like, you will miss half a quarter just waiting to pee.
3: So having three times the number of toilets and urinals is a big deal. The (laughs) Clippers...
1: Oh, no. The Clippers will display basketball jerseys from high schools in the rafters. When you don't have history of your own, you'll just take from the local high schools. That's
0: bad. That's That's really bad. Um...
1: Facility is 85,000 square feet for practice, 55,000 square feet for offices, 25,000 square feet for medicine, and an additional 40,000 square feet for retail, and a 260,000 square feet for outdoor plaza. Anyway, that was a derailment. Continue the list. Sorry. I just, I didn't know if you had seen the Clippers rebrand. I love it. I think they had one of the worst logos in sports. Which is saying a lot because most like baseball teams and most football teams, like their logo is just their name and different typefaces. Yeah. I think the Clippers were probably worse than most of those with
0: just the CH or the CL inside the back. Okay. Okay. Before I move on with this list, let's play this game. What is the worst baseball logo you can remember since I know you don't watch baseball?
1: The worst baseball logo. Yeah. Like the,
0: the, yeah. The thing that just disgusted you the first time you saw it.
1: Probably the White Sox. It's just a the sock. what? It's just a oh, White Sox. It's just a sock. <laughs> okay. Like it, Like I take. So I think sports logos are beautiful art forms. Like when you look at like the Minnesota Wild, like their logo is amazing, or the Milwaukee Brewers, like that is a fantastic logo. And I don't know why in some sports and. The NFL and the MLB are the some sports I'm talking about here. They don't take more pride in logos. Like, even if you have a name, like, why do you not associate a logo with that name in some instances? Beyond just, like, something you pulled up in, like, Windows typeface. Like, if, if you go into Wingdings or whatever the, like, symbol typeface is, there's probably a sock
3: in there. Like if your logo is basically an emoji, I don't like it. Basically, an basically an emoji. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't get it. Like,
1: what's a? Okay, so I don't know what you would do for the like Dodgers. Like, because I don't understand what a Dodger is. Actually, hold on.
0: <laughs> Segway. He's now what about to look up. Hell what
1: is a Dodger? The...
0: What the symbolism is behind? Hey, if the, you if you, the there's Dodgers. actually a
1: TikTok that's what the hell is a Dodger anyway?
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate yeah. What is a Dodger? Dodger's name, origin.
0: Oh no, you're going down a rabbit hole. Probably Dodgers. You're not gonna, like. you're not gonna yeah, you're not gonna like what you go was
1: attached to the Brooklyn ball club due to the complex maze of trolley cars that weaved its way through the borough of Brooklyn. The name was then shortened to
3: just Dodgers. Yep.
0: Are you fucking kidding me? What
3: do you mean, are you
0: fucking kidding me? You're the guy we're now we are talking about a sport in the NBA where one of the teams was named, named the goddamn knickerbockers, and you're you're bitching about Dodgers.
1: I, you know what? You have a point, and we'll get to that in a second. At least that is because is that not their shorts?
3: Right, right, right. They're in those. Yeah. These are we got out of the way of trolleys. Yeah, we didn't want to get hit by a trolley. That's a Dodgers. great name.
0: Dodger.
3: <laughs> that's, that's terrible.
1: I know what a Dodger yeah. is now. Um, you could just have a guy jumping out of the way, out of line of a train. That could be your logo. Terrible.
0: a number terrible three. Name. <laughs> <laughs> Segway. Segway. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I, I'm fine with that. Yeah, there's not really yeah, there, there's there's not
1: really much to say about it. I, you, you know you you do want to see playoff success, so maybe I would rate them a little lower.
0: That's that uh, was actually his reasoning behind putting LeBron and AD. Above. Yeah, just
1: just because like I You've made the joke. Win. I I made the joke in the group chat last year where I sent a picture of the um and it was ruffles with Jason Tatum on the bag, and I said, hey, there's a choking hazard on this bag. Um just because they haven't done anything yet. And the they talent's an there. For finals.
0: Sure. They made an NBA Finals. They made an NBA finals. But this but this is my point. This is my point. You because Jason Tatum hasn't won an NBA Finals, but he's got there, he hasn't won one. Yeah. You say a ruffles bag is a choking hazard. So uh-huh. there is some validity to the statement that the no. championships are Yes there is. So there is
1: an argument to be made. Ah, one of my soundproofing foam just fell on my face. Um there is an argument to be made. Is it comes... that you're saying? No, it's because I bumped into it. It's the one right by my chair. So like I always lean on it and I may have ripped the adhesive off. It's fine, we'll fix it later. Um There's validity to the statement of rings matter in a vacuum. That vacuum being, if I'm comparing you to another player, and your stats are pretty similar, there's not a question, is LeBron James still one of the best players in the NBA? Absolutely. Is Jason Tatum one of the best players in the game today? Absolutely. What's the difference? Oh, one of them's won, one of them isn't. That's when you can start sorting that. But you also are still saying Jason Tatum is one of the best players in the NBA. I'm just saying I would probably put them at two if they had won an NBA title. Because as of today, I think they're a better duo. I think they're more talented than...
3: Uh, let me... with. There's a caveat
1: to what I'm about to say. I Uh-oh. think that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are a better duo than Anthony Davis and LeBron James today.
2: Mhm,
1: but given the fact that they have not done anything in the playoffs besides make it to the Eastern Conference or make it to the NBA make it out of a week east. yeah, out of a week east I, I I can't say that they're better. That's so far the only
3: one that's given me pause though
0: Number four. Kevin Durant and Devin Booker.
1: Ooh, I really want to know who five is because I'm really not feeling them at four.
0: You're really not gonna this 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 list is about to take a take a yeah this list is about to take a not, nosedive. But
3: go on. It's gonna take a nosedive.
0: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! You're gonna love six through nine. You are because I feel
1: six. like. Kevin Durant and Devin Booker each have their own gravity that's for sure among the top in the NBA. For sure, I question the fit and how well they play together. I think they're better individually than we give them credit for as a duo.
0: Oddly Um, enough, we talked about defense and offense, and you know, do like God, why can't I think of words? Shying away from weaknesses. Oh, covering someone else's weaknesses. Yeah. But the Suns are just score 140 points a game and hope that's enough. absolutely. Uh. That's going to be their plan going into the playoffs. And you know what's crazy? I might pick them. Maybe not to come out these, but I might pick them in some series because of that. Because at the end of the day, yes, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal. That's pretty tough to beat. That's pretty tough to beat. Oh,
1: this is hard, because as much as I want like, because individually, each of them are better than the players, like, the duos I would put ahead of them.
2: Yes.
3: I
1: just, as a duo, I don't think that they do it for me. I think Kawhi Leonard and Paul George is a better duo. I think Donovan oh. Mitchell, Evan Mobley, I'd probably put above them. That's about where I draw it, so I think seven is where I would put them.
0: Yeah, you're going to love six through nine. Already, Yeah,
1: Sabonis and Fox, actually, I'd probably have above. Just because, like, for me, I think the the synergy. I think that's super important for me personally. And even though I think that Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are better players than DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox, I think De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis' synergy Makes them a better duo if that makes sense.
0: No, it 100% makes sense. I don't
1: know. Let what, What's next? Who's next?
0: So, the last sane pick I'm going to call it the last sane pick on this list. Number five, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George.
1: Yeah, I'm, I, I know. Like I said, I'm yeah. tempted to put them, like I would put them potentially one higher. They are playing ridiculously well, yeah, dude. You know, the Clippers. Like- Legitimately, I could, I, I might pick them when we get to our playoff predictions. I might pick the Clippers. That's, get out of the
0: that's a crazy turnaround because, en- and yeah. like in the offseason entering this year, maybe not me as much, but you definitely were like, the Clippers are always that team that's one year away and then the next year never comes. No,
1: for sure. 100. I was, I will gladly admit I was wrong if they're able to turn it around. Like, I think that. Again, we we were just talking about buy-in. It feels yeah. like everyone on this roster has realized they're old.
0: I realized that everyone in this in this looked into the mirror.
1: <laughs> they, they had that hard <laughs> conversation with them. Like Paul George was sitting there shaving his goatee one day and he was like, Man, that's some that's some gray hair. Shit. And so now they're George is younger
0: thing. than both of us.
1: So now there's that buy-in
3: that didn't exist prior. Make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um,
1: Alright. Because there's a lot of first-time ring winners, ring winners on that team if they win. Okay, that was... Yeah. I've, I used to watch or listen to Colin Coward so like you said, that was the last sand pick. So I'm
0: a little concerned. Are you ready for the cliff? This is where the cliff is. Full scent. Number six. Steph Curry and Draymond Green. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Oh,
1: God. Um, oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd... Don't worry. Don't
1: worry, back of the napkin, back of the napkin. I don't even have these two in my top 10. Steph Curry, hands down. Really great hands player. Down. Absolutely. As a duo, like you're basically what Colin's saying is, uh, just attack someone from Golden State on with Steph and <laughs> Steph carries them to the top five. Sure. I guess if you're just going off production because Steph Curry is that good but absolutely not. No, no. No. Just no.
0: He did he I will give him credit like in the little thing I watched. He did say something along the lines of Steph has to carry the offense cuz Draymond isn't giving you much. I'll be other it.
3: Draymond's not giving you much period right now.
0: Okay. Hmm. Number 7 wouldn't be bad until you realize what comes after 7. Okay. Number 7. Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving.
1: I don't have a problem with that. I don't either. It's it's a lot. You'll have
0: a problem by the end. It's
1: it's a lot. So I was someone that questioned the Luka Kyrie fit when we got into the preseason, and me and Austin didn't because it's two ball dominant players, and Kyrie has kind of just accepted an off ball role. It it it's not that it works. It's it's that Kyrie has accepted that role. He is understanding that Luca is Luca. Um, that's not to say Kyrie doesn't get his ISOs in, because if Kyrie ever stops getting his ISOs in, the flat world has stopped whatever flat so, world stopped doing.
0: You want me to be quite honest with you? What's up? This is kind of how it was when LeBron and Kyrie were on the Cavs.
3: To an like, extent.
0: It's... Yeah.
3: There, there
1: was a lot more split possessions.
0: Yes, 100%.
1: Because the thing is, the, LeBron James I think... is completely capable and willing. Not, I don't want to say willing, but he's elite off the ball. He doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective. He can rim run all day, and the benefit you're going to get from that is just as valuable, if not more so, than his playmaking ability. Um, right. so like it—it's it, similar, but not Luca without the ball in his hand is—I mean, not he's threatening. Good. I understand, but that. it's not.
0: So I think Kyrie has low-key gone on this whole arc where, like, he started thinking that he was always going to be in the shadow of LeBron James and then, like, denying that role and trying to find his own way. And it eventually, eventually led him back to the same role that he had on the Cavs. And he's kind of learned to accept that maybe this is what's best for his outlook in his career.
1: If he doesn't win another title, do you think that he'll always just be LeBron's sidekick? Kind of, yeah. That'll be sad, because, like, those Kyrie years prior to LeBron's return, they were impressive. Um, Oh,
0: Kyrie was electric. The problem was the Cavs weren't winning any games while Kyrie was
1: electric. (laughs) Hey, he was scoring a lot of points.
0: That's the problem. No, no, Kyrie was electric, the Cavs were not.
1: I still remember that, uh, I think it was the Rising Stars game when poor Brandon Knight...
0: I'm, take, I'm taking this off a tangent on the tangent I already took it off of, but <laughs> I, I I like wake up sometimes and I marvel at like when did the Cavs become good at building teams because it wasn't it wasn't the last two decades. Yeah, look at the state of where the Cavs are
1: now. Okay, okay, so let's let's talk about where the Cavs are. They screwed up LeBron the first time. Hundred percent. One hundred percent. LeBron came back. Yep, And brought Kevin Love with him.
0: Yep. How much team building did they do? And then... Oh, no, no, no. They, That's what I'm saying, though. That's my point. When did they get good at doing this? They, they aren't. That's you what I'm don't even you. now, you don't think they are? I, I, think they, I think this is the best they've been at oh, constructing man. a roster oh, in a while.
1: Like three years ago, four years ago, what was the future of the Cavaliers? It was Colin Sexton. Yes, 100%. You struck gold with DG the PG, for sure. Absolutely. There um, is Scarlett, yep. Evan Mobley, I mean, yep. if if you follow basketball, you knew Evan Mobley was going to be good. But that's, so, like, it, it was an obvious pick. It, it's not like they're doing Evan some, Mobley's like... Evan Mobley's not band- a bust.
0: Listen, Evan Mobley's not a bust. But Evan Mobley have, has not developed the way I envisioned it, at least.
1: Really? He's yeah. almost like to this point in his career, and I think there's still.
0: Tons it's more of the offensive there. game. It's not the defensive game. It's the offensive but, game. I, but, I don't but, think it's.
3: To what extent do you want him? I guess, like, what is the expectation? Because you have Darius
1: Garland and Donovan Mitchell. You're right. There, there's only so many points that can go around, and I guess that's true. His greatest value to that team is the defensive side of the ball. It's, but the point I'm making is like there's not really been a lot of team building involved here.
0: It's just kind of striking gold. This isn't like Dan Allen Yang trade. Just... Eh. Max Drew's signing was good.
1: J- Max Drew's got a fucking pink diamond card in two K. I think they've been
0: I- they've been a. They've definitely been a lot better since LeBron's first stint. Oh, for sure. I I'm not, I'm not so, disagreeing.
1: I do think that the Cavs general management just, and the front office as a whole has improved. I'm just
0: saying, like, when did the Cavs start becoming a somewhat respectable organization that's run by decent?
1: I don't know. Like I uh, I don't follow, I haven't followed the front office moves of the Cavs as closely. Like the Pacers, it was when Larry Bird stepped away and finally mm-hmm. like Kevin Pritchard was given the reins to actually like build the team for sure. Um, and cause when Larry was here or when, cause Larry's still president of basketball operations, but when he was actually making the decisions in the front office, like again, we traded Kawhi Leonard for George Hill. Why? Because George Hill's from Indianapolis. He played ball at IUPUI. Um, the, the reason we went out and, and that got Early well, sure. is he played for IU. Like the, there was an obsession with drafting local playing local. Um, we grow basketball here, which is great on a t-shirt. Wasn't so great in roster building. And then Kevin Pritchard came in and said, you know what? Let's, let's not do that. Let's mm. build a team based on talent. Crazy concept. I know. Um, <laughs> and, uh, that's where we are but i i'm not familiar enough with caps to say like when did it change because i don't know like when was your last front front office move
0: as far as like firing someone
3: like when was your last
0: when we gave it to uh and i can't even think of the coach's name who's the coach right
3: now that JP Bickerstaff, when we gave it to JB Bickerstaff. So it looks like Mike Ganzi was promoted to general manager
1: in two thousand seven. Or no, he was assistant GM in two thousand seventeen,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he was promoted in twenty twenty two. So that kind of lines yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When JP Bickerstaff
1: got it. Yeah. Kobe
3: Altman was the previous general manager and he was the general manager so they know okay so he took over as GM July twenty fourth, twenty seventeen. This is Kobe
1: Altman. Um first major moves he acquired the first round pick from the Brooklyn Nets, Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder. In exchange for so he would his first move was trading Kyrie Irving. So he was responsible for the Colin Sexton pick, the Darius Garland pick, the Isaac Kakoro pick, the Evan Mobley pick. So Really, it was
3: Kobe Altman coming on board, is when they became good at building a team. Yeah, or no. Him being promoted because he was the assistant GM before that. So, yeah. But anyway, on to the list. On the list. One, two. <laughs> We are on number eight. Yeah, we're on number eight. <laughs> yeah, we're on number
0: eight. I'm, I'm actually quite interested to see what you think about this one. Because I can see the argument. But then let's go look. Um, Number eight is SGA and
3: Chet Holmgren. Well, okay. That's tough. I get it. I get it. But there's no way you can put this duo this low and then have
1: Draymond in the top. No.
0: <laughs> I like, you. if you're
1: going to commit to them being good now. Six through and... nine is
0: the roller coaster, I'm telling you. Anyway, go on. Sorry.
3: I fully agree with them being in the top 10. Okay. Uh,
1: it just simultaneously feels too high and too low.
0: <laughs> they're such a hard team to rank, quite honestly. Yeah, for sure. A, I, a, they're so young. B, they have so much. Many... Go on, sorry.
1: Yeah, they're... Like you said, they're young. They're, there's a lot to prove for this team. There's a lot of... I mean, we've already had a bunch of off-court drama with the Josh Giddy situation earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um...
0: And the Thunder are actually in a very interesting spot where they have so many draft picks, there's no way they use them all. So, like, what are they holding them for? They have to make trades with those picks at some point in time. So, part of me thinks
1: they're holding them potentially with the assumption that if the team doesn't see success, if Shea leaves, there's a quick turnaround. You can trade those pieces for established players there's not as much of a
3: heartburn for a rebuild. Um, Given the team success, I don't
1: think that's as much of a thought anymore. And I'm
3: interested.
0: Like, why didn't they make a move during the trade deadline?
3: Well, they made one for Gordon Hayward, but... I, I couldn't tell you. Um... I would be. In, I'm
1: interested to watch them on draft night. Yeah, because sure. now that there's not as much of a concern of SGA potentially leaving, because the team has success, they've got the pieces around them. Um, will they make like what can they trade for? Like that's the thing you've got them. Like they have
0: the. Here's here's the weird thing. They have the assets to probably trade for anyone in the NBA. Yeah, for quite sure. literally. The question oh. is, who's available? Which is which is a weird question. Like, who? <laughs> so, like, are they waiting for the next disgruntled superstar to request a trade, and then they're gonna pull the trigger on that? I- I'm curious.
3: I'm trying to look at their cap for next year.
0: By the way, they could they could do two Rudy Gobert trades, and they'd still probably have. At least six picks.
1: I mean, they got a lot of money available. And
0: they could sign someone.
1: They have a lot of money. They could just trade picks straight up for stars. Yeah. Holy crap. They only have one player above... Fi- or Well, they have two players above $15 million. One Change is SGA.
3: One. Yep. The other is Lou Dort. Oh, that's a bad contract. you a list. terrible contract.
1: It's only 15 mil. <laughs> I guess. Mm. It's
3: like the veteran
1: <laughs> contract. I guess. I'm yeah, they they're in a good spate. I, I hate the Thunder. Alright.
0: Are you ready for number nine? Who this this is along with the staff Draymond is what makes six through nine probably the worst spot.
1: Are you ready for number nine? Tell me the first player and I'll see if I can guess the second.
3: <laughs> oh no! If, if I give you the first player, you'll
0: guess the second. Oh, wait, do you, you mean guess 10 or give you 10 and I'll have you and you see if you can guess nine? Oh,
1: God, no, that's harder.
0: Because um, <laughs> it's a duo.
1: If I give you the first I, player, I, you know
0: who the second player is.
1: Uh, give me 10 and I'll try to guess nine.
0: Okay, number 10 is Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns.
1: I don't have a problem with that one.
0: No, you don't. Was there anything you want to say about the Timberwolves' turnaround?
3: Um, not really. I mean, it's it's
1: been...
0: Where are they? I haven't looked at NBA standings in at least a week, but... so let's see. What do we got here? they're still in thing. second, tied <laughs> with the Bucks. Next. Let's see. Are the Timberwolves are still in first? Mm-hmm. Basically
3: tied with the Thunder. And one behind the Nuggets. That's crazy.
0: The Celtics have been so dominant. The top team from the West would still be like five games out of first. Yeah. No, the Celtics haven't lost a game in their last 10 games. Okay. So that's just crazy.
3: Top duos. Uh huh. Names missing so far, DeMontis, Savonis, and De'Aaron Fox. It's not them, correct? Correct. You're going to be so mad when you figure this out. Okay. Is it Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo? No. Holy crap. Uh (laughs) Um... Like I don't think Joel Embiid,
1: Tyrus Maxey should be up there, but I think with Joel being injured, he's not eligible. Like, really Uh, obvious. Okay, so Colin Coward is a big market nut job. Is it
0: Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle? No. Are you ready for number nine? No,
1: no, no, no. Give me a minute. Okay. Jaws injured.
0: It's really obvious, dude. Really obvious. Like it should be higher. It should really be higher.
1: Okay, who's number nine?
0: Giannis Antetokounmpo and Damian Lillard. Oh my
3: fucking god! Should it be higher? You think you don't think it should be higher than nine? Because of Giannis, yeah. Yeah, but like yeah. that
1: goes with my like should. Steph and Draymond be higher because of Steph. Yeah, but, but Damian Lillard's been okay, okay since the All-Star okay. break.
0: Hmm. I was about to say, Dame's still like mid-20s per game scorer, three-point threat. Giannis is basically Draymond except, you know, times 10. It's like,
3: I don't know. That's not the most egregious. You don't think that's
0: I I thought that was egregious when I first saw it.
1: I don't. I don't. And the reason being is as great as Giannis is, like Dame's been, looked a lot better over the past few weeks. I think he's shooting like 52% from true shooting percentage over like the last 12 games or something like that. But the season as a whole, he's it, it's not been a Damian Lillard season. It's been really
3: lackluster and I just, I can't, I can't say that I would put them higher.
1: I would put Giannis higher for sure, but as a duo, I would not. I don't know if I would have them on my list. That would be a fun thing. I don't think we should do that here. We should, we'll do our own lists, and on next next week's episode, we'll just rifle through them real quickly for who we think the best duos in the NBA are. Um, Just because, like, it would be a lot of silence of us just sitting here thinking.
0: Um, oh, yeah. Did you do it full, right now? Oh, yeah, for sure. Full,
1: full transparency, this was uh, not a very prepared episode. Uh, <laughs> if you remember Angelo saying that, we forgot. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would have Giannis and Dame higher than that. I, I think they'd be on the top ten for sure, but 10 or 9, that doesn't feel that wrong just because Damian Lillard has not had a normal Damian Lillard season. Now, if this was Dame last season with Giannis this season, absolutely, that's one or two. Um, I I just don't think Dame has really had that great of a season. Should it be higher than Stefan Draymond? Absolutely. Um, But again, there's other names missing from the list. Bam and Jimmy. um, Sabonis and Fox. Halliburton Siakam or Halliburton Turner, if you really want to get into it, I think they've been more productive. Um, Randall Brunson, like, there's a lot of really good duos in the NBA, and I just I don't know if Giannis by himself puts the Bucks duo ahead of them. Probably above the Halliburton Siakam duo, at least for now. But out of the ones I mentioned, like I don't have him above Fox Bonus. I don't have them above Randall Brunson. By the way, neither of them made the top ten. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like there's there's there's
3: far like the omissions were worse than the inclusions. Um sure. uh, Steve Kerr uh gave an interview
1: last night, post-game. Uh, the league is in a good place. The game is more efficient. Teams are smarter. Players are smarter. But we have to give the defense more of a chance, and it starts with not enabling the offensive players and bailing them out for bullshit stuff they're doing. Do you agree? Wait, we have to what? We have to give defense more of a chance, and it starts with not enabling the offensive players.
0: And how does he propose we do this? So, how many rules exactly have gone to limit no. defense? Uh, a lot. A lot? Where?
1: You can barely touch people anymore.
0: That's more... See, I think that's more of a referee discretion than I think an actual, like, rule. So there are... Just like, people... think about this. They banned... Chris Paul, they banned Chris Paul moves. They they banned James Harden's step-through. They banned the Dwayne Wade pump fake, get him in the air, and then it's a foul. So they've done, they have made rules and implications to make defense easier. I just think we've kind of min-maxed it. This is weird to say, but we've min-maxed the NBA to a point that it plays... It plays, it's a, it's a, just like 2K, it plays the most efficient way.
1: So, like, there are people calling for rule changes because Giannis got hurt the other night. Did you see that play? No, I did not. So, it's one of those things where a player's running out of control at the basket, they jump, they turn around, and they, like, try to score backwards because the contact is knocking them off their shot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there are people calling for it basically, like, you're not allowed to defend it. If someone jumps at the basket and turns around, you can't defend it because they might get hurt. And that's, like, the rules are in place, like, charging to help the defense. Because if you got rid of charging, Giannis would just run at the basket every single game.
3: There's too many rules allowing offenses to just do whatever they want. And I I do agree with that. I think that you have to let
1: players play defense. The only, like, imagine if in football you couldn't actually hit someone like you couldn't and I'm not saying hit. I'm not saying hit. I'm saying like you couldn't wrap your arms around them and softly drag them to the ground. I'm not saying like hit stick. I'm I'm saying like if in football you couldn't do that, how would that impact defense?
0: We've already seen that in football though. You, you can't haven't. hit a, you can't hit a quarterback below yeah, the perfect. legs that's standing in yeah. the pocket. Yeah. You can't So like if Someone is bracing for a hit. If they brace late, they can get a helmet to helmet or unnecessary roughness. So Because you have to make that decision. Go ahead. Specifically
1: what I'm asking is, let's say Derrick Henry is running through the slot. Like he's just running up the middle, right? Yep, sure. What if there was a rule that said the linemen if they're engaged with a block, they're not allowed to grab onto him. They're not allowed to try to wrap him up, to tie him down. He can just run right through. Because we've got to protect the offensive player, even if that means we're allowing them to make a stupid play. Because I'm not saying that we shouldn't have rules in place to protect the player, right? Right. But there's an extent to that. There is a common sense. If you are doing something that's putting yourself in danger, that's on you. That's your own decision-making doing that. If you're jumping through the air, leaning sideways, trying to get over... Like, if you're trying to jump over a defender, right, you're trying to put him on a poster, dunk over him, and your legs get swept out underneath you, that's not on the defense. That's you tried to do something stupid.
3: No?
0: Yeah, no, you're right.
1: So what I'm saying is, at what point do we say that the rules should be enforced with that denominator, where if the offensive player is doing something stupid, that's not a foul anymore?
0: Right, but I see, I agree with you, but I think that's more of an officiating thing than a rule thing. That's more of, quite honestly, I think the NBA is just officiated differently than, the rule book would tell you well i mean maybe that's purposely maybe that's more on the discretion of um adam
1: silver but but do is there not merit to the fact that putting it on paper
0: what are you gonna put on paper don't do anything stupid
1: Not necessarily, but if you're saying that the defense is not
3: at fault if a player jumps into them backwards, or... See, here's the thing. When that has to be a rule, you've lost the plot. Because
0: if you need a rule that basically says... Hey, don't reward people for being fucking stupid. That then, then you've lost. You've lost the battle already. That should have been a discussion that should have been had already, and that should be an instance where an NBA ref should know that to hold the whistle on that one.
1: So, like, I guess, I guess the better way of putting it is the restricted area. Hmm. Right, so like you can't call a charge in the restricted area, correct?
0: Correct, unless you're in the wreck.
3: <laughs> so you get you jumped in some cities. Um,
1: so Giannis is barreling through the paint, right? Because that's that's sure. where this particular play that started this discussion occurred. Was the restricted area? It was Kevin Love was the. Uh, Defender. defender in the situation. And Kevin Love ended up getting hurt. Um, trying to draw a foul, which, again, we, we should be in, like not encouraging it. I, we should be encouraging it, but we should be praising that, right? You're sacrificing your body to make a defensive play. A great defensive play. You're drawing a charge. You're forcing the turnover. Yep, You're doing everything right. When an offensive player comes full bore, out of control... And you're in the restricted area, them's the shakes. Screw you. Like, it doesn't matter that you're making a good defensive play.
3: You're at fault. That's a blocking foul. Correct? Them's the rules. Them's the
1: rules. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's too much of a let the player do the stupid thing and not reward good defense. I don't think a foul was called on that play, actually, but people are saying that the restricted area should be expanded. We should have a bigger
3: restricted area. Absolutely not.
0: No, yeah, that's an absolutely not. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you on that
3: one. Um, Scotty Barnes has sustained a
1: fracture to the third metacarpal bone of his left hand and is out indefinitely.
3: Socks to be the Raptors.
0: It always sucked to be the Raptors, especially this season.
3: I and mean, they've, they've got a championship.
1: Uh, Victor Wembanyama's current block percentage is the fifth highest of all time.
0: So, do uh, you agree with my statement that Wemby will average five blocks in a season one of these years?
1: Um, I think it's definitely possible. Like, now that I've looked at it more, interestingly, the highest block percentages, one through three, are minute bull. Number four is Walker Kessler this season. (laughs) We we haven't acknowledged the fact that Walker Kessler is a high, like the article is specifically Victor Wimbenyama's current block percentage is the fifth highest of all time. That's the title of the fucking article. It ignores the fact that Walker Kessler in the exact same season, this season is the fourth highest of all time. Oh God, if only Austin were here.
0: You don't have to tell me about Walker Kessler. I'm the one who in the off season was singing Walker Kessler's praises. I I'm, I'm on the bandwagon, you know? I might be I hell, I might even be the conductor, choo choo motherfucker, but I mean I, I do I do
1: like Walker Kessler, but I, I'm not up there the same with you. Um so here's an interesting stat. And this kind of correlates to what we were just talking about with officiating. Uh mm-hmm. NBA league scoring NBA scoring league-wide is crashing. Um, Evidence points to officiating. So in November of this year, free throw attempts were at 23.5 per game. This month, we were at 20.6 per game. Um, Just an interesting kind
3: of anomaly. I wonder if perhaps a... Um I'm gonna air quote
1: MVP caliber center, who is known for drawing fouls, was
3: injured during February. Theory? Uh December we had four seventy point games and or four seventy or sixty point games. Um those led the pace with free throw attempts. And uh, just decided to look. 76ers with
1: Joel Embiid average 29 free throw attempts per game, 20 without Embiid.
3: So by himself, he lowers the league average by like 4. uh
1: December to February... Giannis went from twelve point eight to nine point nine. Luca went from nine point seven to eight point five. SGA went from nine point five to seven point five. Jimmy Butler went from seven point six to nine point one
3: and Trey Young went from six point nine to five point nine. Um Yeah, I don't know. Um i no, 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 no. <laughs> trying to wrap up, just trying to make
0: sure I get through no, all the notes. All your through all the notes. He has to get through all the
1: notes. I gotta get through all the notes because these were what the evidence or the episode was going to be. Um D'Angelo Russell's first NBA game was a LeBron James and he cried
3: during it. Interesting. Um uh, Imagine knowing you're about to get cooked isn't the funnest experience. So I How mean I... he was he was a child. Yeah, exactly. Uh Russell Westbrook broke his hand. Uh oh. That's one Barbara I didn't already. see. That that's actually one I didn't see. Um that's unfortunate. That's four to six weeks though, so he should be back before the playoffs start.
1: Sacramento Kings are 7-3 and three against the Nuggets, Timberwolves, and Thunder. They are 3-3 three and three against the Pistons, Hornets, and Blazers. So apparently they're competent when it comes to playoff teams. Um... Oh, that's an interesting stat. SGA has never had a 45-point game in his career.
0: So, there is since you've been all about the tiktok trends there <laughs> is um this trend Kenny does where he names four random and well not random but he names four nba players and he makes you guess which one didn't or did have a 40 point game Or oh, something, yeah. le- something along the so you can you can go ahead and steal that
1: I think that's which... actually so that's actually on swipe ball really yeah so that is so that's um, probably where you got that yeah so on the dribble app for those of you at home uh there's swipe ball which is the most popular and so like the one that just popped up when i pulled it up for today is is this player attempting eight or more free throw or field goals per game this season so jabari smith jr absolutely uh gary Trent jr that's tough I'm going to say yes. That was correct. Austin Reeves. Yes. Cole Anthony. No. Oh, he was. He's averaging 9.5. Jonathan Kaminga. Yes, absolutely. Gigi Jackson. No, that's actually yes. Evan Mobley. Is Evan Mobley attempting eight field goals per game this season, Angelo?
3: That's a good question. I guess no. He's attempting 11.3. Josh Green. No.
1: Tyus Jones, yes. The Wizards are ass. Keontae George, yes. Andre Drummond, no. Grant Williams, yeah. No, he's just below it, actually. Jake Laravia, no. Josh Richardson, no. Denny Avija, no. TJ McConnell, no. Trey Lyles, yes. Josh Hart, yes. Yeah. Kendall Carter, yes. Those were all wrong, actually. Lou Dort, no. You got 10 out of 20. Um, that one's a hard one because it's like, it's a meaningless stat field goal attempts, but you get the point. That's what swipe ball is. And yeah, everyone's been doing
3: that on the TikTok. Um, well, do I got nothing. You got anything else?
0: I got nothing else.
3: Yeah, all the rest of
1: my notes were, um, like, relevant to topic ideas I had. Um, guys, follow us on socials at No Reserves. Follow us on whatever pod platform you use. Leave a like, comment, review. All the fun things we ask you to do. Um, besides that, we will see you next Sunday. Angela will see you on Tuesday for the football podcast. Will there be a, or Thursday, will there be a Tuesday episode this week? I know you and Alex were talking about it.
0: we're still talking about it, but right as
1: of right now, there is not. Okay. Well, if you're subscribed to us on your podcatcher, hit the notification and you will know if there's a Tuesday episode. Um, Mm -hmm. We will get more consistent with those. It's just kind of in limbo right now, but Angelo and Alex have an idea to do a a little off topic episode. If those are your thing, um, do do you want to just say like what the, like, or do you want to keep it under wraps?
0: We'll keep it under wraps for now. Keep it under wraps. Keep it under wraps.
1: Um, but yeah, tune in with Angelo and Alex on Thursday for the basketball podcast, and we will see you back More here. combine to...
0: results came out, we're going to have a nice, nice episode to talk about.
1: Yeah, I, I was wondering, because like you guys should be ramping up for draft-related yep. things. Um,
0: so yeah, if you're the football. Let me tell you. you... It really sucked doing those two episodes. Like, especially the last one when you know the Combine is, like, two days away. Yeah. from like... Absolutely. <laughs>
1: that's, that's, like, two oh weeks God. ago when the All-Star, like, we were recording on Thursday, and the All-Star weekend started on Friday. And there was nothing to do in basketball. That's why we've played games the last two weeks, because basketball has been slow. Um... But we're in the final push, so hopefully
0: they'll all pick back up. Uh, that's all I got. Yep. Oh, the, the, I'm sure the playoff predictions when that comes around are going to be fun for this year.
1: Um, probably. I'm still not going to predict the Heat to win anything, so my bracket could be screwed up. Um, we do have... Um, I know Ren
0: fix his percentages from last year as far as his accuracy rate so... of the series?
1: So one thing I do want to do in the coming weeks. Okay. Um, yep. This is going to be a lot harder because I know like you don't follow college as closely. Um, oh, Lord, you want to march, march Mattis. We're going to do a no reserve. We're going to come together. We're not, we're not going to do our own brackets. We're going to come together and we're going to do a no reserves bracket. We are like going mock
0: to draft 1.0. Yeah. Yep. 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 For sure.
1: Um, oh boy. But that that'll be in the little pipeline so yeah
3: that's all i got anyway see you all next week love you bye see ya